Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I am super excited. I've got one of my mentors, one of the folks I follow and look up to, Carlos Redlick. For those of you who don't know, if you've been living under a rock, um, Carlos is an absolutely incredible copywriter. He's the best-selling author of the Copywriting Playbook, How to Make People Buy Your Beep, Even If You Suck at Selling. He's written The Entrepreneur's Guide to Winning. He's behind some of the most successful campaigns ever. Um, We're super excited to have you here. Carlos, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me here. It's an honor, man. I really appreciate it. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? So I, uh, it's funny. It's uh, when I got started copywriting, I didn't actually start because I wanted to learn necessarily how to write copy. See, I, uh, I was a martial art instructor years ago. And before I even owned my own school, I taught at my martial art instructor's school. And uh, I was really good at like the punching and the kicking and stuff, but I was really bad when it came to like communicating all of that knowledge and transferring it to someone else. And so I tried a lot of stuff. I mean, I was teaching in front of the store or in front of the store, in front of the class in the school, um, but I wasn't really communicating well. And so my martial art instructor at the time, Sifu Dwight Woods, he uh, he was a big Glazer Kennedy uh, person and he, he did very well in his school. Um, you know, he was in all the top marketing masterminds. He knew copyright marketing before I even knew what any of that was. And he told me he was, he, well, at first he was trying to give me different tips because we would have weekly trainings with all the instructors and him. And he would go over a lot of marketing principles, teaching stuff, but really none of it was working for me. I was just not improving. It was very bad. And he, he was, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was shocked. He was like, I can't believe 
you're like one of the best guys in the school right now at like knowing how to do this martial arts stuff, but you can't teach anybody. You are just, just terrible at this, but we got to change it. So we started trying different things. He's like, maybe you just need to get more comfortable with people because I'm an introvert naturally. So, you know, it, it, I before I knew how to like communicate with people, I used to just get drenched in sweat. My hands would start shaking when I talked to anybody. Didn't matter who it was, man, woman, child, adult, didn't matter. I would just freak out. And so he was like, well, let's see if we can just get you to get uh, talk to folks that are just coming in to visit the school because they want to try out the martial art class. And, and let's just take you away from teaching for a little and just have you focus on that because maybe that'll help with your communication because you're going to just talk to a bunch of new people every day. Didn't work well. Worked so bad, in fact, that whenever people would come in and they would say, hey, do you guys teach like karate or martial arts or something? I would just get drenched in sweat. My face would turn red. And uh, and I would just, I, I wouldn't know what to say. Nothing would come out of my mouth. If you've ever seen that old movie by Eminem called Eight Mile, and he's out there, you know, about to rap, and he gets the mic, and he's about to go, and he, free, he just he freezes, nothing comes out. Well, that's exactly how I was when it came to talking to people. So um, after doing that for a while, Sifu Dwight was like, you're just going to make me go out of business if you, if you keep doing this, because we're losing students, we're losing people coming into the school because you're not talking to them. And uh, we, we got to do something. So as almost like a last ditch effort, he, he told me to start looking at a few different people uh, that were copywriters. So I started looking at Dan Kennedy, Gary Halbert, my buddy, Craig Garber, who wasn't my buddy back then, but I studied him uh, and eventually became friends. Um, so that's pretty cool. But I, I started all these different copywriters and he told me, he's like, if you can just kind of figure this stuff out, it's, it's going to help you. I think it'll help you because is all it is is salesmanship in print. So if you can transfer you, whatever you have in your head on this paper or Google document or whatever and, and get it out on paper, that might be the first step to like getting you out of your comfort zone. And so I really fell in love with copywriting because as an introvert, I, I liked actually writing in general. I thought that was cool. And the fact that you could communicate sales messages and grow a school and do stuff like that, that blew me away. And in fact, one of the first campaigns I did for, for Sifu Dwight was he had, he, I don't know if he had me or I suggested, we'll just say he had me do it because I, I, I probably wasn't that smart, but I'm sure he suggested that we write a, a like a win back campaign. So people who came to the school, trained for a few months, then stopped coming for whatever reason, he's like, we need to find a way to get them back in. So I wrote a direct mail letter because he was a big fan of direct mails as Dan Kennedy fan. We mailed it out to all these people. And I don't remember what the response was, probably wasn't anything great, but we had a handful of people that came in and they brought the letter because at the end of the letter it was like, bring the letter and say, you got this and you're going to get like a free week or some shit to, to come back in or something like that, right? So we had people coming in, they were bringing the letter and it was signed by me. It was like, hey, Sifu Dwight doesn't know I'm, I'm, you know, stealing his money and sending this letter to you, but I want to offer you a free week. Yeah, it was, a, it was a cool angle. So we had people coming in and that was the first time I saw like my copywriting or copywriting in general actually work. And when I was like, wow, I wrote that. This guy, these few people are going to come in, give Sifu some money, and now they're going to, uh, they're actually, they're like going to sign up. Like, this is crazy. So that that kind of got me excited about it. I really wanted to keep learning about it. So I did. I just kept reading about it, practicing my writing. I hand wrote copy by, you know, I, I wrote copy by hand to practice and all of the typical traditional stuff. But here's what happened. Sifu's strategy actually worked because after a few months of doing this, 
I started talking copy. Instead of saying, you guys are going to learn how to do a jab, cross, left elbow. I said, today, you guys are going to discover a really cool way of knocking somebody out using a jab, cross, elbow, right? So I said the same stuff, but I was like talking copy almost. And that really helped me out. And, and Sifu noticed that. He was like, man, once you're able to get to the point where you are talking copy, you're going to be very persuasive, whether it's teaching people or getting people to sign up. Because when you're teaching people at the martial arts school, one of the ways he taught me is like, it's still marketing and sales. It's just, just because they signed up doesn't mean our marketing is done. We need to keep them sold. So they keep coming back. And so copywriting was, so that's a long story, but that's really how I kind of got into the copywriting world. And then eventually I, I went, started my own school and I didn't want to be a competitor to Seafood Dwight. So I moved like 300 miles away with my buddy Vit. We opened up a school there, did it in my opinion, like the honorable way, instead of taking all the knowledge he gave me and opening up like a mile down the street, which some people have done, not a fan of that. So we did it what I think like the honorable way, started growing the school with copywriting, the same thing that we were doing with him. And uh, uh, like I was doing flyers, direct mail, doing all this stuff. But eventually, like everything that came from copywriting came from Sifu Dwight. And it was a it was a tool for self-development so I could learn how to talk to people. And it just happened to be such a good tool that it was also a way that I could earn an income and a life and all that good stuff. So that is absolutely incredible. There would be, um, we could probably do an entire podcast just on what you just said. Full disclosure, I've known Seafood Dwight for about 15 years. Whoa. Are you so, serious? Yes. Yeah, so we are friends through the Planet Dan Kennedy Direct Response Marketing World. Oh my God. No way. Yeah. So tell him I said hello. We have I, been in groups together, stuff like that. I'm literally um, taking a picture now to send to him. I am so, also a lifelong martial artist, but not the JKD, JK, JKD you guys do. I'm a Krav Maga guy. Very cool. It's like um, the competitor. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so once you started marketing your own school, what was the transition then from, and that's why you wrote obviously the book on marketing a martial arts school that we didn't mention in the intro. Once you started doing that, Talk about the transition from 100% purely focused on butts in the seats, students at your martial arts school to the world of, you know, copywriting that you're inhabiting today. So, yeah. So I, uh, when, when Vit and I started the martial arts school, it was in Jacksonville, Florida, Seafood Dwight's in Miami, Florida. So that's why I said we, we went North a little bit, uh, started in Jacksonville, Florida, you know, started growing it. We had a, about a hundred something people in our first 10 months, but what we realized was, you know, this was a very tough business because our rent, well, we had a couple places over this, over the time of having a business, but like our first place was $10,000 a month in rent, which wow. we didn't have. It was, a, it was the worst decision ever as a business owner to, to jump into that, but we did it. So we, we had this $10,000 a month, like nut that we had to kind of cover. Um, and we were making like 11 K a month. So we were basically splitting a thousand dollars profit between me and Vit to cover our our apartment and and like we were on food stamps or I was on food stamps and he was my roommate so we were on food stamps and we would uh we would get food from food stamps and like five hundred bucks to cover rent and it was it was it was not a great way of living but I, the school was growing it's like we had a hundred something people in there so there's something about that that was like really cool and so what I wanted to do I was like well. At first, I was thinking, well, if I just keep growing the school, eventually this will make sense, which is make right. And uh, 
And so I started writing more copy in regards to like uh, flyers and, and uh, direct mail letters. Facebook ads were, were around, but I wasn't aware of them yet. So it wasn't, I never used Facebook ads and I didn't do any ad paid. This was just pre-knowledge of anything like that. So all I did was like uh, Facebook, all I did, I was about to say Facebook ads, all I did was like direct mail stuff uh, and, and things like that to try and get business. But one of the things I did is I posted one of the letters I wrote for uh, for one of our weight loss, like fitness kickboxing type of classes. I posted that in, uh, I forget what copywriting group, I posted in multiple, but I post, started posting in a few uh, copywriting groups, basically asking for critiques because I didn't view myself as a copywriter. I was just writing copy for my own business and I needed help. I needed people to tell me this sucks, do this better. Do you know? I, I didn't have that. The copy I learned was like, from Sifu teaching me and then me teaching myself, right? That was kind of it at this stage in the game. And uh, and so what ended up happening is I, uh, as I was posting these, these pieces of copy online to get critiqued, other school owners across the country and across the world, not the country, across the world started reaching out to me. I remember one person, I don't remember their name. This was a very long time, almost 10 years ago. Um, but I remember they messaged me saying, hey, I saw your, your you know, letter that you did for your gym in whatever group. Do you think you could do something like that for mine? I've got a personal training business in the UK. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure I can. And he said, well, what would you charge me? And I, I think I said like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks. Cause you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, so I wrote him a little letter. I have no idea if it worked or not, but I, I he was happy because I wrote it in like a day because it was, it was, it was modeling my own thing. I didn't really know the proper structures. I, I was still a rookie, but I was getting paid. And so when I got paid a few hundred bucks to write that little sales letter, it was like, wow, this is kind of neat. Like that didn't take me very long and I'm starving right now for food because I'm not making that much money. And this allows me to buy some like McDoubles from McDonald's or something. So this is huge. And uh, and so essentially that really started snowballing into more business because I when, I when I did that, I was like, oh, I might be onto something. Let me just keep posting stuff in these groups. And so I kept posting stuff in those groups and I started having more people reaching out to me. And from there, I just started practicing on like my closing skills. I was like asking for more money and pushing people into retainers. And, and I might be skipping a few clients, but over the course of like six or seven months of breaking into this, I finally landed like uh, a nice $10,000 a month retainer with a client after they had hired me for some emails. And that client referred me to more people, which got me more clients and more money. And before I knew it, I was hitting a six-figure year as a total rookie in my mind doing this copywriting stuff. And I was sold. I was like, I'm making more money writing stuff on a Google document in my in my like ghetto apartment in Jacksonville here, then I am with the martial arts school, I think I should focus on this other stuff. Because the truth is martial arts, I started falling out of love with martial arts because it became a business and it became less about my passion. I didn't, I couldn't just train. I mean, I trained, but it was, it wasn't the same. I was more focused about like eating and surviving and making sure students would come in. And I was in such bad shape financially that as a martial arts, like in my mind, I was like a pure martial artist. I'm like, I'm not going to teach like people who, who not suck, but don't want to like get better. I want only serious people, but that didn't really work out that way because I was starving. And so there were some people that would come to the school that I was like, in my mind, you're not a good fit. You're a little too like, I didn't like hood people and I was living in the hood, but I didn't like people who like didn't have respect. When I say hood, it doesn't matter your, you know, how you dress, your color, how you talk. When I say hood, it's like your personality. Like you're just, you're just, you're just, 
I don't know, man. A lot of these guys were lazy. They were just like tough, would pay for a month and then lazy. And they wouldn't necessarily put in the work, but they always wanted to spar and fight. And I was like, I want to kick these guys out of my school, but I can't because like I need them to pay my rent. And that that made me start falling out of love with the with martial art, but really the business of martial art. So I bring that up because I've, I've recently started training a little bit more now, now that I don't have a martial arts school and I'm falling back into love with martial arts because I don't have to look at it as a business. And now I'm a student again. So copywriting is it's funny because I got introduced to it through martial arts and then I fell out of love with martial arts, started doing copywriting because I started liking that, making more money. But then that money allowed me to like buy my freedom back so I can fall back in love with martial arts. So it's kind of funny how that all worked out. Yeah, that is an awesome circle that you've come through. And now, obviously, um, you're being, you know, I appreciate you're being modest. You've become a household name in the copywriting and marketing industry. So talk a little bit about what inspired you, what inspired you to write, you know, the copywriter's handbook, what inspired you to write the marketing books? So that was basically the same thing I'm doing right now. Like it, what I'm doing, not right now, but what I'm doing in like off this call is I'm putting together another book. And what I'm doing is putting, essentially I'm, I'm putting a nice long form content on my Facebook. And I try to do that at least once per day. That's a long form piece of content, but ideally I'm posting three times a day. And then I'm taking that content, putting it into a Google document. I'm going to repurpose that into a book, which I can give away for free or cheap. It's going to be a lead magnet. And so the, so that the same thing I'm doing now is what I did back then. It's just back then I had no real audience. And so one of my methods for getting clients was I would write this marketing book. And it's funny, my first marketing book or my first book was like 30 or 40 pages of like teaching and content. And the rest was just a bunch of my samples because the, the end the goal was like, I want people to hire me. Like that's, that's what I want. So I need to establish myself as an expert. So I'll write a book because Dan Kennedy says, you're not an expert till you write a book. I'm going to write a book. And then I want them to know that, you know, what my skill level is like. So if they want to reach out to me, then it's going to be easier to close them. So then I flooded it with a bunch of my samples at the time. And, uh, and that's what I did. And so when I got the book, I, I sold it on social media, I put it on Amazon, but that's, I didn't really make money on it. What I ended up doing is ordering like hundreds of these copies from Amazon because I self-published and on Amazon, you can order the books at like wholesale prices. So I was paying a buck or two bucks or whatever to have them shipped to my house. And what I was doing then a couple things. I would go on podcasts like this one, for example, and I would say, hey, for the first you know, 20 people that reach out to me, I'm going to mail you a book for free. I'll even cover shipping, but you have to add me on Facebook and send me a private message because I knew my personal budget could, could allow to only ship to 20 people. If you had thousands of people on the podcast, I can't do it for free for all thousand. But 20 people, first 20 reach, reach out to me, I could do that. So that was a way to get my book in front of people. The other thing I did is I went to uh, some big publishing companies and marketing companies. I would hire a lot of copywriters and um, I don't want to throw out their name, but there's like, it's branches of a bigger company and they're in the financial space. So one of the things I did is I, uh, I just sent them a bunch of my books to each one of those branches. And like some of my books are in their like library and stuff like that you know so it was a very cool way because now other copywriters who write for them who might even be better than me are reading my book or looking at my book and then they add me on facebook and they say hey i saw your book in the, like the the lunch room of you know this office and just want to connect with you so i started building my name that way and that's really what i used this it was like just a lost leader it was just to get my name out there and establish myself as an expert and then i was like well i did it once let's try it again and so i wrote another book that was a little bit 
a little bit more. It didn't have any samples, but it was more like lessons that I learned through this journey of, of uh, entrepreneurship. And I was like, let me do the same thing. So anytime I write a book, I'm not even trying to make money on it. My money is made on the back end from the person I give it to. It's like a really good business card, as Dan Kennedy says. And uh, and so that's so so that's kind of the reason I started writing the books. And that's why my name kind of grew a little bit more because I wasn't selling it to people. I was just trying to get my name out to the right guy or the right woman because I knew if I gave this book to like 100 people or, or whatever, however many people, there's going to be a handful of those folks that can pay me five figures to write some copy for them. Absolutely. Makes a ton of sense. Um, who's an ideal client or customer for you now? The best folks who who work with me, the, the ones I like working the most because I can get them the most results are coaches or people who provide some kind of mentorship. For example, if someone is selling, and ideally they sell something that's like $2,000 or more. So if you've got let's say uh, a, a mentorship group on how to stay more fit or something like that, right? And you charge two grand or five grand and you usually close that over the phone, let's say, maybe you or a salesperson. Those are my best clients because I write really good uh, book a call funnels, which is what it's called, where we just send people to an opt-in page, have them watch a little video, then they book a call. And I'll charge a, a nice little hefty price tag for that. But the reason I like my, the client's uh, for that offer is because they can make money back way faster than if you were selling like a $47 ebook where you're going to need a lot of volume to make back, say, a 15K or 25K investment. It's just going to need a lot of volume. But if you're selling 5K packages at a time and you've got a consistent flow of traffic and you got a big email list, there's, it's very easy to make a profit with my copy. Like the numbers just work out easier. So although I can write for a lot of different types of companies, my ideal client is someone that's selling something over the phone that's at least $2,000 or more. That is a great answer. What are some of the biggest mistakes those folks are making when they're coming to you that you're helping them fix? So there's a number of things. One of the, one of the things I would say is that they don't they they either do one of two things. So let's say you're just starting out and you don't have a huge uh, flood of calls and leads just yet. One of the things I suggest is actually pulling back all the different qualifiers people have in their video sales letter and, and, and all the different pieces that are marketing, because what they're trying to do is make it so only the most qualified people get on a call. And that's great. I'm all for that if you've got a consistent flow of leads. But if you're only talking to like one person or two people a week, you don't necessarily need a bunch of more qualified people. I mean, that would help, but what you probably will need is like more volume. <laughs> so I'm a fan of, if you've got no leads right now, let's make this as like a very low entry to barrier type of offer for people to get on a call and make it easy for them to do that. And let's not push away people. Let's not say if you're not making at least a hundred grand a year, don't listen to this video. Like we don't want to do that stuff until you've got a nice flow of leads. So if you have a lot of leads and they're just not closing, but you've got a big flow of them, that's when I start like, that's why I like to put in different um, hurdles for people to jump through because then it does make those calls more qualified, but it's a fine balance, right? Some people try and put all those hurdles in right from the beginning. And then they wonder why they're getting no booked calls when they first launch their, their offer, right? You have to just make sure the numbers work out. And so usually in the beginning, I don't put any barriers, get as many book calls as I can, learn as much as I can from those calls, and then write a real good uh, video sales letter script that's going to attack all the objections I've just been dealing with, and now I qualify them a little bit more. So hopefully that makes sense. But that's those are kind of the, the main things. 
It does. And that is awesome. Uh, your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? I, I like seeing it work. That's, I mean, the, the, the thing that sucks for me is like, cause not everything I write is going to be a home run. And so one of the things I do with my clients is I, depending on what package they choose, I stick with them for either like three months or six months. So I can do unlimited revisions and unlimited support with them. Because one of the worst things for me is when someone invests say 15 K or 25 K with me, and they're like, I only got back 5k or 10k in sales. This isn't this isn't really what I was hoping for. That crushes me. It makes me feel like a scammer even though I'm not trying to scam them, but I feel like a scammer. I hate that cuz I want anyone who invests with me to make money. And so one of the things I do is that's why I stick with them for longer. So as they're testing, our goal is to always make it a home run right out the gate, but if for some reason it's not they don't, you know, they're not just stuck holding the bag and like twiddling their fingers after they've paid me a bunch of money. I'm there with them, like going through the fire to make sure that we can convert this thing down the line, whether that means revising the entire video sales letter script, adding some emails, whatever it is during that time that I'm with the, the client for support, I am hundred percent with them to do anything that's needed to make that offer convert. That is awesome. And the fact that you stand by your work and go above and beyond to help them get to where they need to be. I mean, that speaks volumes, not only to your, your you know, character and integrity, but to the quality of said work with all the success you've achieved for your clients. What's your biggest challenge now? Um, Let's see, my biggest challenge. So a lot of my challenges, I, I started kind of overcoming last year. So one of the challenges was I, I would write all of the copy myself. And for some projects, I still do a lot of that like heavy lifting stuff. But for some smaller packs or smaller packages, or maybe some things that like emails or like Facebook ads or small short copy, I have folks that can help me out that are part of my copywriting mentorship. So I've trained them, they've worked with me, and I have a lot of help with that now. So I can produce good copy faster and also take on more work. So that's something that that helped out. Um, and I'm not listing all the things that I'm good at. I'm trying to think of like some stuff I really struggle with. It's just I've I've really done a, a my work to try and like patch up some of these holes. One of the the issues I used to have was getting consistent leads because I used to rely only on organic marketing to get leads. And it's cool. You can get some of your best clients from organic marketing. But the problem for me was that it wasn't enough volume for the kind of financial goals I had. I didn't hit, I didn't have enough volume for it. So I need to use paid ads. So I tried a bunch of different ways and it just wasn't working as well. But one of the types of ads that works very well for me, even today is an Instagram story DM ad. Meaning if somebody is a uh, so one of my ads, I'll tell you guys, one of the, the, I obviously write copy, right? So one of my ads is to get copywriting clients and who the people I target are folks who follow Trello, Infusionsoft, Asana, uh, like Basecamp, any of these project management type of, uh, softwares or platforms and whatnot. I target the folks who, who follow that because they are most likely going to be my ideal client because they're, you're not using like a project, a, a remote project management thing for all these employees if you don't have an online business in most cases, right? Um, and if you're using that, it also means you're semi-successful because you at least have some employees that you got to like manage, right? So you got, you got money coming in because you're paying employees. So those are the types of people that I would target and I still target now. And then I have an ad that's only targeting uh, it's only being run on the stories and it's very short. It's like, I don't remember the, exactly what it says, but it says something like attention business owners. And then next line, want your ads to convert better. So you make, uh, so you get more leads and more sales question mark DM me ads 
to, you know, to learn more or to get more info or something like that. Then people go and they, and I spend like 50 bucks a day or something. It's not even a lot of money. It's like 50 bucks a day. You target those people I just mentioned. They direct message me. And then I, I have conversations with them, send them to book a call. And that's how I'm, that's like my process for getting clients uh, with paid ads. So again, I'm not like trying to skimp your question. It's just that this is like right now things are working. And I know that as the year progresses, I'm going to have things I need to work on. I just, it's just so, it's just so fresh. Like we just started the yeah. new year. I don't have new things. I just did, or, or, or I just worked a ton last year to try and patch up some of these holes. That's awesome. We've all got them. Um, that's the beauty of it. What, um, for our folks watching or listening, where is the best place for them to go to get your books and to learn more about you? Yeah. So if anybody wants to get my books, you can just go on Amazon and type in my name, Carlos Redlich, R-E-D-L-I-C-H. Um, you can check uh, any of them out right there. There's only two. There's a third one you mentioned. It's actually not a book on marketing, uh, the the martial art book. What that book is, is I uh, I interviewed my instructor, like, you know, Seafood Dwight Woods. I interviewed him on martial arts and stuff and Bruce Lee I don't remember exactly but this was years ago but something to do with like martial arts and Bruce Lee and we turned it into a podcast and we did a series of those podcasts which he actually still does now and uh I just took a handful of those podcasts transcribed them turned them into a book and and kind of made it for him because I'm like dude how do you not have a book yet you've been doing this for so long you've made a lot of money like he's done very well for himself in like his past business and like he's done cool stuff like how do you not have a book yet so this was my attempt to like get his ass to do a book and uh so so that's not really me my name is on there because I did all the work I'm like I'm gonna put Carlos Redlick on the bottom just so you know but it's gonna say Dwight Woods and Carlos Redlick because I interviewed you um so there's that one, but that has nothing to do with me. The marketing books, if you want to look them up, it's the copywriting uh, playbook and then the entrepreneur's guide to winning you guys can check out. And if you want to add me on Facebook, uh, that would be a really cool way for us to connect. Just shoot me a message and let me know that you saw me on Seth's podcast. Awesome. Well, we know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. This has been Seth Green with Carlos Redlick. Carlos, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free Perfect Pitch Cheat Sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>